Hello, welcome to Central Valley Physicians Podcast. And we're here today with Dr. Michelle Schultz. She's an orthopedic surgeon with Spock and everybody in town knows what Spock is. And they've got um, most of the orthopedic surgeons in town working there, I think. Um, Welcome, thanks for coming. Thanks. Um, We also have Dr. Gady joining us for this podcast too, which which I'm I'm glad you're here too. I'm glad I'm here too. I'm gonna learn a lot. This is gonna be great. (laughs) So we invited uh, Dr. Schultz to come in and talk about a couple of things. I mean, you know, she's an orthopedic surgeon for sure, but, um, you know, she doesn't do surgeries all day long. She really is starting to see a lot of patients that have joint pains. And what she's seen um, in these joint pains is a lot of patients that, that are more, um, they're overweight. And we know with every podcast that we've done, the number one thing um, that we keep hearing consistently is eat better, lose weight, and you'll be healthy heart-wise, joint-wise, you know, everything-wise. So so we're here, we're going to talk about joint pain, and then we're going to talk about the Lean MD program that they have um, going on there. And so let's start with, you know, how are things going over there with, with, with patients? I mean, you guys are busy, right? It's great. It's great. Yeah, I see a patient's uh, half the time I'm in surgery and half the time I'm in the office. So in order to have surgery, you have to see patients in the office. So we're there all the time seeing patients. What we're seeing more more and more often are patients that are struggling with their weight. The obesity problem, I think, is becoming a bigger and bigger problem in America in general. Uh, and we're seeing it even more so, I think, in the Central Valley. So this has been a topic of interest for me just because we see patients with joint pain and the obesity problem can add to that. You know, we talk to a a lot of different doctors and and the obesity problem seems to be hands down the consistent trait. And why, why do you think people in the Central Valley are struggling so bad with their weight issues? I don't know if there's an, a direct answer for that. I think the um, ease of getting food that's probably not the healthiest is a contributor, um, but I think it's just something that people need to start focusing on and looking towards better ways of eating in order to lose the weight. I think that there's also some misconception that um, if I could work out more, I could lose weight. But the reality is people with joint problems can't work out more because their joints hurt. Mm-hmm. So the focus really needs to be on the food. It needs to be on what they're eating. And um, that's the way that they're going to really be able to get, get some weight off and get some of their joint pain better. Yeah, Michelle, I, I think uh, just to reemphasize what I've heard too is that 75% of the of battle losing weight is the diet. It, it's not the exercise. Exercise is 25%. And I would, I would even venture to say it's, it's even a higher percentage of that. Okay, yeah. And here in the Valley, like you said, we got fast food uh, outlets on almost every corner. And so it's, it's so easy, it's way too easy to get fast food versus real food. Right. I mean, we do, I've said this before. I think in, in the Central Valley, we have the highest um, per capita of fast food restaurants in any place I've ever been to. Yeah, I have not heard that. Is that really true? Yeah. It's my perception. My perception, too. And it's cheap, too. And it, but it's crazy because we're in the Central Valley. I we're know. producing the yeah. real food. We're producing the all the fruits country. and vegetables. Yeah. Yeah, we're producing. sending it out to somebody mm-hmm. else. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so let's talk about um, the, the Lean MD a little bit because um, it's not necessarily... You, you say 75% is, is your food intake 25 or however that may be. But, and this is something I'm very interested in because I'm not somebody that works out a lot. I, I, I want the least amount of um, 
aerobic exercise possible. I mean, and that's just, I like to walk and I like to do Pilates. And I like to do yoga. And I know that, you know, that's not, I'm not going to lose weight from that. So it is going to have to be towards my diet a lot more. And is that, are you seeing that people are, are the similar ways? They, they don't want to do the exercise. They want to do it by diet. I think that, um, my problem, not my problem, but the patient's problems, um, probably more so are they can't exercise. Their joints hurt too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have to look towards other ways for losing weight. And my interest came, like I said, in weight losses because we're seeing so many patients with joint pains that have obesity. They're not good surgical candidates because of the risks that come along with that with surgery. And so we're asking them to reduce their weight before they can consider having, for instance, a knee replacement or a hip replacement. Uh, We counsel them. We give them options. Uh, We didn't really have an in-house option that we could offer to patients uh, until we found the LeanMD program. So I was, I've been looking at different programs over the years, and this program was actually developed by physicians in Northern California, and it's really based on real food. It's not a gimmick. It's not a magic pill that you take that you can then lose weight. It's really all about the food. It's education. It's learning portion sizes. It's learning what's, what's appropriate to eat in order to lose the weight, and then once you've lost the weight, Uh, transitioning to a well-balanced diet, how many calories do you really need to sustain your new weight, not your old weight, so you don't have the yo-yoing going on. So Michelle, give us a little bit of rundown briefly how this works. I I think you'd mentioned to me earlier that you start with a uh, more basic program and then you uh, graduate into a uh, more Mediterranean diet. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's a three-phase program. So the first phase is a loss phase. It's a low-calorie, higher-protein, lower-carb diet. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie and say it's magic. Like I said, it's, it's a diet. You have to pay attention. You have to track. You're given a program of how much protein, how many fruits, how many vegetables. It's laid out very easily for you. Um, and you come in weekly. You meet with a mentor uh, to discuss any issues that are coming up, any problems that you're having. Um, and I think it's great as far as just accountability, uh, making sure things are follow- you're following along with the program. We do body comp weekly to uh, just kind of get a general assessment. Body composition. Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, And then follow the patients through their, to their weight loss goal once they've reached their weight loss goal. And that may be their ideal weight. It may just be the weight that they want to get to in order to be a candidate for their surgical procedure or whatever that is, that, that goal weight, quote unquote, can be flexible. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they've reached that, then there's a transition phase. And in the transition phase, they're bringing their calorie level up to the level it needs to be to sustain their new weight, as well as bringing some carbs back in and really going towards a more well-balanced diet. And this program really is pushing more towards a Mediterranean type diet. And then the sustain phase is just an occasional check-in to be sure that you're not okay. gaining weight. So when you bring those carbs back in, what kind of carbs are you talking about? really talking not the refined sugars and things like that it's more the complex carbs and and the healthier grains right okay so define what a mediterranean diet is because i I don't think i know what that is a mediterranean diet is is really a more well-balanced diet but it's more lean proteins It, it still is is based more on lean proteins fruits vegetables and complex carbohydrates you're not having the refined sugars and and such in that type of diet so again, and I, it's, I think you're also using olive oil correct right the healthy yeah. oils yes right? yes okay. so right. when cooking is that what you mean exactly okay. yeah you don't yeah, take you're, a, 
cup of olive oil a day. No, you, you, use it <laughs> you, you, you cook with it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's uh, you really don't want to have any kind of um, extreme one way or the other. I think when you're trying to have the healthiest long-term diet, a lot of diets nowadays mm. are very extreme and they don't teach you the long term, how do I really have a good, well-balanced diet to sustain my health and sustain my weight? So yeah, I think you like, you know, these fads and things, people uh, start them, they lose the weight, and then they go back to their old eating habits because they got to the weight they wanted to be. And then all of a sudden, you're gaining all this weight back again. And that's what I think the important part about just transitioning the sustained phase of this particular program is really to say, this is this is how you can live long-term and get that education versus just the loss phase where you're eliminating certain parts of your diet in order to get the weight off as more quickly. Cause you know, we all like to, if you're going to try to lose weight, you want to do it quickly so you can get back to normal things, but normal, it's Fit a new normal. Clothes. It's you a know? new normal yeah, yeah. once you've lost the weight, I think. Let me just ask you this. We know that a lot of diets have been successful short-term, but it's that long-term keeping it off, you know, mm-hmm. past a year. So is there a follow-up program uh, long-term for these people that once they reach that Mediterranean diet phase? Yes, that's that third phase, that sustained phase where they can come in as for a monthly follow-up. Great. To sustain, just to see that they're following they're Yeah, that's crucial. In. And certainly if you're falling off and starting to regain weight, you can jump back into the loss phase. You can then mm-hmm. get back on track and, and mm-hmm. at any point transition. But the nice part also about having the mentor there is if they have a problem midweek, you just because you don't have the appointment, you can always touch base right. and, mm-hmm. and get information or, mm-hmm. hey, I'm having trouble with this, or I'm going to X restaurant. How how should I make those mm-hmm. choices? So I think it's a lot of communication mm-hmm. and things like that as well that help. I'd be calling every day probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's the process? Um, you know, you mentioned they come in weekly or and it's it was a, uh, are they getting weighed or is it a different They're way? They're weighed on a body composition scale so they're getting a little bit more information than just their weight and that's reviewed with them Um, i look at that more as we're looking at trends Mm -hmm. Um, i don't i i think that the most important thing is are you learning and getting the education about what you should be eating and and such and it's more about that part of it than anything else as far as i'm concerned and so the, you have a, a mentor that's in there. Is that a clinician? Yes. That helps them? Yes. Okay. Not a, not a physician. Right, right. She, she, is, uh, she actually has her master's, uh, the gal I have right, working with me right now. Okay. A master's degree in, in what field? In kinesiology. Oh, yeah. great. Okay. Yeah, so. Huh. And how long have you been running this program? We've, been, we've just been running this program for a year, but it has been going up north for I believe they're six years, but don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we've been we've been uh, having patients join us for the past year. So, is this something that um, a patient or a consumer or somebody listening could could join, or do they have to be a patient of of one of the doctors there? Or uh, no, you can anybody could could uh, start up with the program. Okay. okay. Uh, well, I'd like, just like to ask, um, how much does it cost? Just, can we give an estimate what what it costs? The general, the initial consultation uh, is actually with me, as well as our Lean MD mentor, and the initial consultation fee is uh, between two hundred and fifty and three hundred dollars. 
then the monthly fee is $250 per four visits. For four visits. Um, and so is, is, can any of that be covered by insurance? It's not covered by insurance, but you can use a HSA, FSA care credit mm-hmm. uh, for okay. the program. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And so, uh, talk to me. So it you, should be covered by insurance. It should, it should be. be absolutely. Really? Because I no, wish it were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's mainly, it's mainly just you're you have this this champion in there working with you on your food choices. There's no medication involved. You're not taking any meds, or you, is there vitamins? We have, or? we have people take a multivitamin, okay. calcium, magnesium supplement. Um, we can add an appetite suppressant if we feel it's necessary. Uh, and that's a discussion with the patient, depending on what their medical problems are uh, and if it's something that they need. It's not something that is a key component of the program. Okay. Uh, we also have a protein shake that can be used as a snack uh, that has some protein as well, some fiber. Uh, so those are all additional supplements that can be used, but again, not why you lose the weight. Taking those things doesn't lead to the weight loss. Mm-hmm. It's eating the right food and s- managing the quantities of food you're eating and, and such. So it's that educational process that I think is the key to this. The supplements are purely to make sure that you're not deficient, deficient in something, something because right. you're reducing your calories for that period of time so what about exercise does does the mentor do, do your mentors or you work with them on on in, introducing an exercise at some point if yes it's walking or exercise is a very important part of your health and i think we were even mentioning dr gady was mentioning that earlier that that is also can be a component of the weight loss i think it's great for your metabolism it's great for your health it's something that is introduced and certainly a lot of the patients do some exercise already mm-hmm. so we want them to continue doing their exercise we want them continuing to do what they normally do i don't ask them to increase their exercise when they first start the program because then their body's competing for those calories right. mm-hmm. we're reducing the calories we need to really focus on the food first but then the exercise is added later. And again, it really is going to depend on the patients because if you have degenerative or arthritic knees and you're having a lot of pain when you walk and you can't walk, then we have to think of alternative types of exercise for those patients. And that's really what um, our Lean MD mentor's job is to help work with the patients to try to figure out what can they do, what can kind type of exercise can they start as they're getting towards their weight loss goals and able to do a little bit more. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I think um, uh, I found I injured my hip uh, a few months ago, and I found that I couldn't run anymore, but guess what? I can still cycle, mm-hmm. and you just have to find whatever it is that you can do. you got to right. keep moving somehow, right. right? And even patients that have bad hips and knees, I mean, they can do upper body exercise right. that can still get their heart rate up, and especially patients that are fairly sedentary. A little bit of extra movement actually makes mm-hmm. a big difference for them. Yeah, They've shown that even people that are fidgety, you know, I, I'm a fidgeter myself, uh, they burn more, they're skinnier and they burn more calories. So right. it doesn't take a whole lot of exercise. Right. It's just yeah. movement. Yeah. And that's what I always tell them. It's movement. I, I love water exercise for people yeah. that have joint problems. I think that's great. It's tough, though, because, you know, not everybody has access to a pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that becomes somewhat of a challenge. But there's definitely options. There's things people can do. Uh, as far as movement and exercise goes. But again, it's it's all a combination of not just one thing. It's a combination of everything, and it's a commitment to it on the patient standpoint. Mm-hmm. 
because nothing is easy, none of this is easy, and it's it really does require a patient to be committed. And what I, I like to think is, I wanna help you with your joint problems, but I want you to help yourself as well. And so there's definitely that component of it, because I can only do so much unless you're participating. Right, right. So that's important in all areas, not just weight loss, but recovering from surgery, recovering from your knee replacement. Mm-hmm. That I tell patients all the time, I'll give you your knee, you've got to rehab it. Right. Mm-hmm. So to have the best result, it's both of us working right. together. It's I'll do my part, you do your part. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have the best results. Mm-hmm. And that's the same type of thing with this. There's not, it's not a passive process. It's something that you're going to have to work towards. You have to make an effort. Unfortunately, yes, that's going to require a little extra time. It's going to require some changes. It's going to require some learning, but... If you want to have success, you've got to have a little skin in the game there. <laughs> yeah. So have you been seeing, you know, the program's been going for about a year now. Have you seen some some good successes in some great of the success. patients? That's great, great success. And the really neat thing that I think is it's patients of all ages. It's not just young people or old people or in between. It's really been patients of all ages. It's been both men and women. And we've seen a lot of really really amazing success and like I said if the especially the patients that are that are really committed um they're they're doing very very well I have uh one patient in particular I can think of who has lost a hundred pounds and had a goal initially was only starting the program because they wanted to get their joint replaced and they were told they have to be to x weight to get their joint replaced and they got to that weight and they said you know what i'm going to finish i'm going to get to my goal before i have surgery done because i'm feeling better yeah because i would assume that the Mm -hmm. less weight is better on the joints you know yes that alone because every every pound you lose is about four pounds of stress off your joints, lower extremity joints, that's a huge amount. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about that, Mm -hmm. even if you lose 10 pounds, that's a huge Mm -hmm. amount of stress Mm -hmm. off your joints. Mm -hmm. So we will find, we'll find patients that have bad joints and losing weight doesn't change the fact that they've got arthritis. It doesn't change the fact that they've got a bad joint, but just taking some pressure off helps with their symptoms Mm -hmm. and helping with their symptoms is really what we're doing. That's, that's how you treat arthritis. You, you manage the symptoms Mm -hmm. because you can't cure arthritis. We can't, erase it we can't make it go away or rebuild your joint so it's really about managing the symptoms and so there's a lot of different ways to do that when people lose weight and they have less stress on their joints surprisingly they will have oftentimes some improvement not everybody does but but certainly it doesn't hurt could you explain a little bit why you will not operate on some people if they're just too obese why they have to lose weight what's what's the reason for that we're seeing more and more studies coming out that are looking at obesity and surgical risk. And what we're seeing is with the morbidly obese patients, their surgical risks are significantly higher. Not mm-hmm. just the anesthesia risks, but wound problems, infections, mm-hmm. uh, poor results as far as the surgeries go. Mm-hmm. And there's a threshold where those risks go down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's not at ideal weight necessarily, mm-hmm. but there's definitely, there's stepwise thresholds where we say, okay, if their body mass index is over 35, you're at this risk. If it's under 35, it's at a different risk. And a 
body mass index or BMI of 35 is still in the obese category, mm-hmm. but if you see a significant change in those risks at that level, then you know we say, okay, you need to be here in mm-hmm. order to reduce your risk, in order to reduce problems with infections, with wound complications, and things like Interesting. that. Interesting. Okay. So that, with all of the, um, with the studies that are coming out and more hard and fast proof that there are issues with this, I think more and more people are. are more and more of the surgeons are saying, we've really got to take this into consideration. Well, I would think they, they would rehab faster too, uh, you know, post, post-operatively if they have less weight on, that they could move more easily. Absolutely. And I'm thinking, I, I go backpacking in summers, and I'm, if I'm wearing a 35-pound pack, I don't move as quickly as <laughs> when I take that pack out. Boy, I feel a lot different. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I have patients that'll have lost some, they'll have lost 30, 40 pounds and they say they don't really feel like they're that much different. I said, go to Costco and pick up that 35-pound of exactly. dog food and walk around Costco with it. Yep. See how your knees feel. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. then they realize they've really accomplished something. Oh, yeah. I mean, even with, with the, like, five-pound milk jugs, I mean, mm-hmm. carry those around yeah. the grocery store for a couple of ailes, you know, only losing five pounds. And it's just like, yeah, for sure. it's a big difference. And, yeah. and it's crazy, too, because you think you're – your hips and your knees are, and your feet are really the only things that are taking the extra weight. But you mentioned carrying things even just with your arms. Mm-hmm. I think your shoulders are taking extra stress. I mean, somebody that has that's morbidly obese trying to get out of a, their chair, they're having a hard time. They're having to use their arms more. So your shoulders are actually taking a lot of that stress as well. So there's, you know, all of your whole body is going to be happier mm-hmm. um, with a little bit of weight reduction. All your joints are happier. Mm-hmm. Um, and your metabolism is happier, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you know, definitely. Right? Your, definitely. Your sugar's going to go down. I have a question, yeah. too, because I, you, you mentioned that you have, you know, uh, younger, middle-aged, and older people. And, you know, when I was in my 20s, I could, I could lose five pounds in a week. I mean, it was just like, hey, just don't do this and don't do that. But, you know, as I get older, weight is a lot harder to come off. What's a healthy, in this, in this Lean MD, what is a healthy weight to lose in a week? Is it a pound? Is it half a pound? It's I mean, really variable person Just kind of depends, yeah. It, there's no, you can't say you will lose X amount per week. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's a little bit different. Everybody's, like you said, your metabolism's different. As you get older, definitely gets harder to lose weight. I, I see middle-aged women who are struggling. And just like you said, yes, when you're 20, it's easy. When you're 20, you can exercise the weight off. When you're 50, you can't. Mm-hmm. That's when you have to really mm-hmm. concentrate on what you're eating. I, I think that that definitely changes. Um, but you can have success. It's just a matter of doing it. It's a matter of relearning. It's a matter of figuring out where do I need to be? Because I can't eat as much when I'm 50 as I could when I was 20, even if I'm the same size, mm-hmm. unfortunately. I heard somebody say that if you look good under the age of 40, that's what God gave you. If you look good uh, after 40, that's what you did for yourself. <laughs> I like that's that. A, that's yeah. a true statement. That's very like true. Yeah, and I find, too, and you know, you said it, as you get older, you do, you have to change your eating habits. You just can't, you can't continue to eat the same way and just feel good. Right. I mean, I'll, we'll go through a really good healthy sin of a couple of weeks and then we'll go out to dinner or we'll do, go do something with friends and we have that one bad meal and the next day I feel 
miserable. It's I'm just true. like, it's, it's like, crazy. Oh, it's so sad, but it's so good. And it's just like, but it's, it's, it's not necessarily worth it the next day. And right. I say that to myself, myself every time I do. Sometimes it's, like, it's worth it, but no. Once <laughs> <laughs> in a while, but well, yeah, occasionally. I, yeah, we, I we, we talked about simple carbohydrates. There's a complex, and, and there's a uh, endocrinologist in San Francisco, UC San Francisco, Robert Lustig who um, believes that sugar is actually toxic, you know. And, and I think uh, he says it stimulates dopamine in our brain. And, mm. and so I, I've, I've found a lot of my patients, too, that um, if, if you get on, hooked on that sugar thing, you're going to uh, want it. You're going to be kind of addicted to it. And, yeah. you, and once you can get off of that, though, I think you can stay off of it. Once you go through the withdrawal. Exactly, the withdrawal, <laughs> exactly. It's the sugar withdrawal and the caffeine yep. withdrawal. They're, they're not so much fun. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, once you get through it, probably, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that that's true. And... Even the, when you're talking about sugar, not just sugars, but even other types of, um, well, white flour and, and, right. Those other types of carbs that, that the good stuff, all the good stuff. When we say no good stuff for a while, Mm -hmm. but it's tough at first. But when you feel so much better, you really do. We did that. We tried, you know, we got off the carbs and we, I took sugars out of my, well, let me rephrase that. I took soda out of my diet like four or five years ago and I tasted one the other day and it was like, this is terrible. It's so Mm -hmm. sweet. How do you drink this? Mm -hmm. But the carbs too, we did that. We tried to get rid of all of the carbs, not entirely, but a majority of them. And you do, you feel so much better afterwards. It's that eating clean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that really makes a difference. You feel better. Your body likes it. Well, we think about, you know, the history of humans, we never had any of these refined carbohydrates or Cokes uh, when we were living out in the savannas of Africa or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. not our food. This is not human food. This is some artificial nutrient yeah. that we, we don't do well on. And, yeah. uh, well, but even when we, you know, even when the, we were eating them, we just had a different lifestyle. You were outside more, you were yeah. walking more, you, exactly. you didn't have the luxuries of of figuring things out on your phone or sitting right. around sitting, you know, kids playing video games. You had to get out and walk and ride your bike. And it's really walk, yeah. easy now. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about fast food, mm-hmm. fast food's easy, yeah. getting on your phone and ordering drop off Uber Eats or yes. it's all easy. You can get whatever you want yeah. in a heartbeat. And it's mm-hmm. what do you need? I have a phone. I can get it to you within 30 minutes of, mm-hmm. you know, anything. Mm-hmm. So, but no walking involved. <laughs> yeah. To the door exactly. to answer yeah. it. That's I used to think it. I had a real like active job because mm-hmm. I'm on my feet all day, mm-hmm. seeing patients, mm-hmm. walking around, doing surgery. Mm-hmm. I thought I have a really active dro- job, so I put my pedometer on. I'm going to see how many steps I take a day, and I realized once I did that for a few days, oh, mm-hmm. I actually have a sedentary job. Mm-hmm. I stand a lot, mm-hmm. but I don't. Walk. I really don't yeah. move that as much right. as I thought I did. Right. So I, I always take that into consideration, my own personal thing, when I have patients that come in and say, I have X job and I'm really super active in my job. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm. well, I used to think that too. Right. Put on a pedometer and Put see. Put on a pedometer, <laughs> yeah, really, a uh, Fitbit. And that's a good question. Exactly. I mean, how, how much did somebody walk, you know, because they always say that 10,000 step threshold every day. And, you know, there's just, there's days, if I can get past 5,000, it's a good day for me. I mean, I, 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 I agree. And I think it depends on what kind of job you yeah. do. So then you have to, if you really want to get to that threshold, you have to put that extra effort in to do something outside of your normal walking around. And that can be tough. Yeah. It can be tough. But but it's worth it in the long run, uh, as you were suggesting earlier, if we want to live a long, healthy, high quality life, have a retirement that we can travel and and walk around and see stuff it starts earlier it starts when you're younger and right you know and it's 
it's the combination, like we were talking about, getting your weight reduced so then you can, if you have a bad joint, get your joint fixed. Mm-hmm. So then you can increase your activity that's level right, without then. pain. Mm-hmm. Then you can do the things that you want to do. And that's it's all about quality of life. Right, exactly. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time. I, you know, is there anything else that you had, Dr. Gady, that you wanted to ask? No, I've learned a lot. Thanks so much. (laughs) No, this is a great (laughs) program. Thanks for having me. Can they find out information about the LeanMD on the website? Yes, on the Spock website, which is www.spock-ortho.com. There is uh, information. There's a link to the LeanMD website, or they can always call the office uh, for more information, 559 Two five six five one five four, and we'll post that too when we send the podcast out. We'll put that into the copy part of it. But um, and your guys' website's great. I mean, it really features all of the physicians that you have there, and so I would encourage anybody to get on it and take well, a look. I'm glad at it. you like it. Yeah. I think they just updated it actually. And too. you guys have a brand new building. We do. Yeah. We do. We so just you're opened in two our locations. S- Kind of, sort of. They're one block apart. So. Yeah. <laughs> you can walk. So we don't really consider it. I guess we, it yeah. is. We have two campuses. Um, but our spine our spine group moved to the new building uh, off of our third floor. So now we have a little more elbow room. And we're going to move around a little bit inside the main building and, and hopefully continue to grow. That's our goal. Uh, so it's been going great. And how many doctors do you currently have there? 23. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. So anything from, because you do some primary care there, because I know... We do have two primary care physicians. We have orthopedic surgeons for all parts of your body. We have a spine group as well, uh, both surgical and non-surgical spine. And so we really kind of try to cover the whole musculoskeletal uh, system. And our primary care guys are also sports medicine uh, trained as well. So uh, they'll oftentimes see some non-operative sports uh, injuries also in the offices so we kind of have everything there we have physical therapy we've got mri we have uh what else do we have (laughs) you guys for every bone in the body for Mm -hmm. sure pretty much and strains in the body because i i went and saw dr Kraft there a couple months ago and just for something you know of old age (laughs) i'm sad to say we don't talk about that we don't mention that age disease (laughs) dr Kraft is great he's one of my favorites so well thank you for coming in i appreciate it thanks for having me and thank you dr gady you bet